Welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I am on with a very, very special guest. I have Mrs. Natasha Falcone. Natasha, welcome. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much. I'm doing wonderful and so happy to be here. So excited to have you on. Before we dive into the conversation, tell my listeners a little bit about you. Well, I am a real estate investor. I am also a mom of two boys, 19 and 22, and a wife. um, and a dog mom. (laughs) And I know you have, you have an intensive background and I'll put in the show notes of what you have in real estate investing, but okay, go ahead. So, um, my focus is investing in multifamily. And so my background is I started as an accountant and I'll tell, I could tell you um, a little bit about my story. And I started as an accountant and I worked in the real estate tax department and that's where I discovered real estate. So I discovered that this was an option and an opportunity. And then this is how I got involved. Fast forward till now. And this is how I decided to start my own company in 2019, investing in multifamily uh, properties. I love that. And I know we're going to dive into that more. Yeah. And let me ask, because um, this is where my my brain goes, when you, when you were working in accounting, but then working particularly in this industry in accounting, and we both have that in common because my background is in accounting, you didn't see a lot of women doing what you do, right? So, or did you in your case? Well, we still don't see a lot of women doing what I do now. Yes, There are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of us in the accounting field, right? And there are a lot of of us in the tax departments. But once I transitioned from working in the tax department and I went to work for a developer, that is where I started Mm -hmm. to see the gap between uh, women and men and in the real estate world. Gotcha. Okay. And I have some statistics for you in reference to that if yeah, you want. And we'll, yeah, and we're when you're dive ready, into, but yes. yes, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So before we dive into that, I always like to ask to share a favorite book or something that inspired you, a book that you, let's say, read years ago that even you think my listeners should listen to. Is there a book that you would like to recommend or books? Because some, um, some recommend a couple. Well, there's one in particular that I actually just read. Mm. And I believe everyone should read it. <laughs> and it's called 10X is Easier Than 2X. Mm. And it's from um, Dan Sullivan. And basically it challenges you to think differently about growth, setting your target higher. So whatever you think you can do, go higher, go bigger, because 10X is easier than 2X. So it's about stop, do- stop doing or not doing the day-to-day and kind of visualizing and figuring out what are the things you really need to do to move the needle. Mm. And so that book was like, wait a minute, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? And, and so basically look at how you're approaching your goals. And so I love that book and I recommend it. I love it. Thank you. You're a mom of two. Yes. Um, And I want you to also say the ages of your children, but who and what has been a part of your motherhood village thus far? So my boys are uh, 19 and 22 and my motherhood village has been, I think, 
has evolved and it's what I think has been fabulous. When my children were small, I made it a point to connect with other like-minded ladies with kids that had with that had children the age of my boys. From there, I as they grew and they started selecting who their friends were and where their circles would be, then I started looking for other moms that were like-minded like me in business and what have you. And the beautiful thing is is that even now, my children are 19 and 22. I still have relationships with all these moms and I've just layered on additional ladies that now um, my village has moms of all ages sure. and just others that uplift each other. We talk sure. about business. We talk about uh, raising families at all the different ages and just support each other emotionally, yeah. which we all need. For sure. And, you know, your journey, I'm sure, is interesting in the sense of, because I spoke with someone, too, that she's almost an empty nester. She has four children. Three are out of the house. One is 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about that. I mean, now she has grandbabies. Her two oldest, I think, have um, children. So we were kind of, I'm always fascinated, I say, by by mothers with older children um, and mothers with multiple, because I only have one and he's five. And I'm like, <laughs> geez, Louise, um, you know, because it, it is no one prepares you until you're in it of what it really is. Yes. So I just want to ask you, like, how has that journey been for you? And now that your children are older, has it allowed you because you're still always a mom for them, but has it allowed you to expand more, which we're going to get into, like your business and things like how does that change of how you parent now, now that it's not so like as me having a five-year-old, like kindergarten and all these things. Now it's, you're there, but it's still kind of not there. It's different and it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And the difference is, is that now we're, we're having conversations mm-hmm. about business and about life and about books we read and about things we do and about their future and about our future. I mean, my boys give me advice. They hear me. <laughs> They hear me having conversations and I'm like, well, what do you think? And they come up with these fabulous ideas. So what's shifted for us is the fact that, you know, you're, when they're young, you're, you're working on, you still nurture, but growing and, and how you're going to um, influence them. And now they're influencing me. That's awesome. That's beautiful. That's great. Okay. So real estate. So you said you're a real estate investor mm-hmm. for multifamily. So let's dive it down. You said there were some st- statistics that you have. Let's start with that because okay. I think let, that's powerful. Yes. Let's start with some statistics and then go back a little bit into why you were, what intrigued you, I guess, to go into this maybe full-time, like kind of talk about that journey because you were in accounting. Do mm-hmm. you even still do that? Um, but let's start with some t- statistics and then kind of your, intri- like what intrigued you to kind of really dive into this? That's, that's great. And the statistics is a great way to start off because to me, it's mind blowing. So 30%, 30% of women are in like the C-suite executive roles in the real estate world in general. Only 3% of women invest Mm -hmm. in real estate. Mm -hmm. So that's like, I think, staggering numbers. And the question is, why is it that only 3% of women invest in real estate? And most of it has to do with the fact that we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know it's a possibility. We don't know that the opportunity is there um, for us to invest. And part of what 
I find that I've created as I've sure. joined the mission of other women that are already screaming this from the rooftops. Sure. And saying more of us need to be doing this because that is how you create generational wealth. And that is mm-hmm. how you, you know, create the life that you want. For sure. Um, so then what intrigued you for you to go? Okay, that's right. Space? That was the next part of the question. So, <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so when I started uh, my career in accounting, that I was super excited to be part of a, a, a tax department, the tax department. I was placed in the real estate tax department. I didn't know that that was an opportunity that sure. I could have. And I think that's the case for many that we don't know about other opportunities that are out there. Sure. After a few years, I went to uh, work for a developer, a commercial real estate owner, and I began as their controller. And I was there about 18 years. And when I left, I left as the president of their company. When that time came, I realized, wait a second, why am I not doing this for my family? Why am I not taking the leap of investing and beginning to create generational wealth? Now, so I... I just started. Wow. I started looking. I started figuring out what I wanted to do, and I chose. There's a lot of different asset classes. You know, there's shopping centers. There's industrial. There's multifamily, and I chose multifamily because I felt that I felt a calling to making an impact on the neighborhoods that I invest in. Sure. So uh, one of the things that that I do is I go into neighborhoods and I buy um, properties that need some love. Sure. And then just help be a part of changing neighborhoods and creating beautiful places for people I to live. I love that. Can you talk about the different assets that you mentioned? Because I think that's a good point. And to even take it back further, you mentioned that, and I'm really big on education. So I think you and I are, are in alignment in saying people don't know what they don't know, mm-hmm. right? And part of what I do with the Motherhood Village, why I even started my podcast was we need conversations because if someone hears this, now they know, right? Yes. You're bringing information to the forefront, which I think is super important. But I think on the other side of that too, is that when people hear real estate, when people hear investing, it's overwhelming. They maybe become fearful, like, what does that mean? A lot of money, only rich people, same thing, generational wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, when you hear these terms and maybe not coming from a family who spoke like that because all they did was work nine to five and maybe all they invested in was a 401k, right? That's that's the limitation. And there's nothing wrong with that. But so I think a lot of it is also fierce and education. So let's bring that back. What are the different assets of um, there's I know there's commercial real estate. What is multifamily? I know there's residential where someone could buy their own home. Why don't you educate a little bit of what that is? So commercial real estate is the umbrella and that includes multifamily. Okay. It includes shopping centers. It includes industrial. It includes um, land. And I might be forgetting one, but basically, you know, larger you know, sure. office buildings. Mm-hmm. So. And then residential is residential. Okay. Is your home, it's a house, it's a duplex. Gotcha. That's what that is. And in reference to having a lot of money to invest, and you bring up a a really good point, you can do what you love and still invest in real estate. Mm. You can have a job that you love and you can grow in the ranks of your company or do whatever it is, and you can still invest in real estate. And we can talk a little bit about passive and active investing as well. or you can have your own business and still invest in real estate. The idea is that real estate is the vehicle that is one of the top vehicles that creates generational wealth. For and sure. so do that. And the, 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 the message is do that in addition to whatever it is that you love. Gotcha. And don't think it has to be one or it the other. It does not. So why don't we jump into it then? What, you know, um, 
Yeah, talk about the passive investment or what you just said regarding to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk about that. So passive versus active. So you hear all the time people um, invest in real estate and you know they buy properties and they flip them or they're the ones going to Home Depot and doing the work. That's great. And that's one way to do it. But then there are others that there are people that believe that that's the only way to do it. No, you can also invest passively. So for example, you find someone that does it and then you invest with them passively. So you enjoy the returns, you enjoy the growth of the value of the asset in the long term, sure. but you're not doing the day-to-day -day work. For example, I have one particular asset that, um, that I have an apartment building in Miami and all of my investors are ladies, mm. all great, you know, uh, hardworking, um, sure. executive uh, ladies or just ladies that work in areas that they love. And it's a hundred percent. I'm always so proud to say that a hundred percent lady investors. I love that. So in essence, so it's funny, um, my father, and this is where we can talk about like the generational wealth, but also having that limitation with it. So my father, um, from the Bronx, uh, family Puerto Rican. So his parents Bronx in the seventies, eighties, wasn't the best place, right? Um, I think my father might have a middle school education, but came to South Florida. My father could build things and fix things. So built a successful business where he then said, okay, well, I'm not going to have the traditional 401k, right? Um, I don't have a traditional, I don't have a, even a high school uh, graduation diploma. So he started investing in property. No one told him. He just said, this is what I need to do. But my father did it the old school way. Well, he can fix things, thankfully, right? So right. he was like, hey, I saved the money because yes. I, I do all the things. But there was also that limitation where that was it. There was nothing, I, I don't want to say that was it or nothing further, but then my husband comes into the picture and he's talking about, well, we could take our 401k and that he had mentioned that, well, we could, you know, we can invest and not necessarily have to do all of the demolition work or all of like, there's things. And I was like, really? So it goes to show you that even someone, which I think was unbelievable, unbelievable that my father was able to do that. And no one told him to invest. He was just like, look, I need something that can help build some kind of wealth that I can either pass on or that God forbid, if I get hurt, I have almost like my own insurance policy mm -hmm. that property hopefully can sell like all these flow. things, yes. cash flow, all of that. And he had bought a numerous amount of properties throughout the time and still owned some, but that stopped. There wasn't like anything else there. So I love that with real estate. And I want to talk about that of there's multiple avenues. And I think to your point, there's not one way to do it. So I want you to talk about the different ways that people can invest in real estate. I know you, um, the IRA aspect. So talk about different ways that people can get money to do this. Right. Well, so there's the, the simplest way you have savings. And instead of keeping it in the bank at a low interest rate, you put it in real estate. Yeah. Then there's also, uh, you can self-direct IRAs. You can self-direct 401k can we talk in about certain that? instances. Yes. So you traditionally, you have an, an IRA and you're invested in the stock market typically. Sure. And instead you would self-direct, you would pull that money out of the stock market and you would direct it. There's, and there's legal things and documents that have right. to be completed and things that have to be done. But in, in simple conversation, you then direct it yourself. So you pick a wow. potential investment that you may want to invest in, and then you use your IRA funds for that. So instead of putting it in the stocks or bonds or, or something, you're putting it in you're property. You're putting in property. Wow. Okay loans. So continue with the different ways people can get the capital or get the money to, to buy property. Yeah. I mean, those, I would say that 
those are the 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 two most popular sure. that you can. There are people that you know pull down money from their homes to do that. Mm. I don't know if I would recommend that. You've yeah. got to look at your own uh, sure. you know situation to yeah. see where is it that you. Um, what are your goals? Sure, sure. And figure out what it is that you're looking for. Do you need immediate returns? Are mm. you looking for long-term growth? And so then you can figure out where the other areas that you can do. But traditionally, I would say, you know, savings, IRA, and things of that nature. Sure. Can you share maybe some tips for a woman listening? So this is the Motherhood Village podcast, and I'm sure, I'm not sure, I know majority of the listeners are women. There are some men. But what are some tips that you can share with a woman listening that might be a little bit overwhelming? Maybe there's some resources or somewhere they could go to get a little bit more information of how to do it from their IRA or whatever that is. So maybe some tips for someone who is listening to this and says, hmm, I want to learn more about this or it's scary. What should be my first couple things that I should do first if I'm looking to invest in real estate? Great, great question. So first thing that you want to think about is what we kind of just touched upon, which is what are your financial goals? If you have money in your IRA and you don't have access to that money for another 10, 15, 20 years, well, then maybe you want long-term growth and that's something to look at. Mm -hmm. So w thinking about what your financial goals is the first thing. Then if you're deciding to invest passively, I would say know who you're investing with. Get to know them. Mm. Find out their track record. Know what they have done. Speak to some of their other investors and learn. Pick an asset class. Mm -hmm. You know, what? what is something that you're interested in? What is something that you... You know, that matters to you. Do you want to invest in the South Florida area or do you want to go somewhere else? There's no right answer. It's just about where you are and what it is that you want to do. Um, and then I would say read and learn and listen to podcasts like this one sure. to get ideas and what have you. And But I would say after that list, mm -hmm. most importantly, start. Mm -hmm. Start because that is the hardest the hardest thing to do is to start. And once you do and you see, okay, this was painless. Oh my gosh, we're doing well. This, this is uh, providing great sure. returns. Then you can, then you start to feel more comfortable doing it. Do you think that there's a specific property? Like, again, I think of what I saw my dad do. So I think the first property bought was like a condo, okay. right? He felt it wasn't as I guess when referring to before, like the risk factor, like mm -hmm. risk. And then I think he bought a duplex. Um, so then there were things like that. Is there a particular property to look at if someone, or is it just, again, to your point, it's just how much money you're willing to put in and just looking at what your goals are. So one isn't less scarier than the other, I guess is what I'm asking. I don't think that one is more scary than the other. I mean, you see a lot out there that will tell you, oh, office is really bad right now. Oh, much it just depends. Yeah. And, but I will say invest. I, I like, for example, I focus on multifamily. Mm -hmm. I invest in shopping centers. I invest in shopping centers passively mm -hmm. with a friend of mine that sure. owns and invests in shopping centers. I only focus on multifamily. So I would say there is no one asset class that's good or bad. They're all good at one point. They're sure. all bad at another point. Just pick an asset class that, that you like or that sure. you're interested in. 
Um, no, that's a good point because again, I think the fear and on when we talk with women investing, because women don't do it a lot and we are not having these conversations, I think it can be overwhelming, very similar to motherhood and very similar to mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. And let me ask you, how was that pivot when you left corporate and you weren't yet retired to say, I'm going to do this full time now, right? Like yes. how has that been? Um, and you just started, you did it, right? You, yeah. you took the leap of faith. How has that been for you? And like, what have you learned, I guess, during this process with that? Wow. Well, scary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> because it's always, you know, scary when you're starting again at zero and sure. building something. And, and though you're confident, I'm confident, or you're confident as an entrepreneur that you have uh, the skill set, mm-hmm. it's... Um, scary and exciting at the same time. Sure. I see that the the lives that we're affecting by the uh, changes that we make to the properties that I buy, and I also see the opportunities that I'm providing to other ladies to invest alongside me, that it's just, I wake up every day of the week and I can't believe that this is happening. <laughs> I love awesome. what I do. That's awesome. And are there specific services that you offer where someone like, do you do workshops? Do you do things to help women invest? Or is it mainly if someone wanted to invest, like let's say myself and said, you know what, Natasha, I want to invest. Do you put, do, you know, do you put your arm around me? Say, let's do this together. Like, what do you do other than investing in properties yourself? Are there anything that you do? I love that question. Yeah. So one thing that I do is I will, if you're interested in investing, you can just call me and I, and I will, you know, tell you what I think about something. If you're looking at it, I love talking to other ladies about investing, but if you're, um, let's say you're interested and that would be, if you would be doing it on your own or what have you, but if you're interested in investing and let's say you receive um, an offering memorandum from me with information on it. Sure. I don't just send it to you and say, hey, send the money. And that, no, I we communicate. It's super important, communicating sure. regularly, asking a lot of questions. I, I want you to ask a lot of questions to feel good, not only about investing with the person you're investing, but also investing in the asset that you will be investing in. For sure. So it's a very hands-on approach that you want to take. I actually, on my, on my website, if you go all the way to the bottom, I have a guide that might be really helpful. Um, basically it's a guide on investing in real estate. Okay. So, so I'll put that in, you can put that in the show notes because it's super simple to understand. Mm -hmm. And then it just gives you a little bit of ideas on what to think about and what you, how you want to approach it. And I want to ask, cause I think, um, when you look at a property, what calls you to say whether or not, I mean, I know there's research, right? And there's things that you can do and an analysis, I guess, per se, but is there something that calls you when you're looking at a property? Is there, I don't know, is there like a magical way that you're like, yes. And you hit the, you know, the criteria that this property hits, like, what is your, um, if you can, if you can share your secrets of like, you know, like, what is it though? Truthfully though, like, you know, I always wondered that like how someone can look at a property and I guess it's, it could be still a gamble. Right. Um, but what makes you say, yeah, I want, that's the one I want. Well, no, no investment is foolproof, right? Correct. Period. Yes. But you, you underwrite things conservatively. Mm -hmm. You, and what that means is, is that you spend the time looking at all of the, the, the rents and the different expenses and you try to, um, as the best that you can come up with what you believe the returns are going to be Sure. without exaggerating. Mm-hmm. That's number one. What I look like, what is my, let's say secret sauce? <laughs> 
when I, I walked into a property or I walk up to a property, I just know if I can make it nice. I see it. Yeah. I see the layouts and I stand in one of the units and I say, could I live here? And if I could live here, I can see beyond whatever's there right now. Oh, wow. I have... I guess that ability to do that. And then I'm able to turn those units around and the tenants love it. I love that. Yeah. I think, you know, um, yeah, no, I, I love that to say of when you walk in and say, okay, well, if I can live here, then you can see if there's something that, you know, well, I wouldn't leave, live Mm -hmm. here, then how could you even believe in it to sell it or to do whatever you want to do with it? So that's a really good point. Can you see yourself living there? If you're going to do an investment? I, I lived there. So, so I know what that, I know when I stand there, I say, okay, would I live, you know, I, I, so that's kind of maybe part of it. I love that. Um, You talked about generational wealth and I want to go there because I think that's a term that's becoming much more loose on the lips. Everyone's talking about generational wealth. um, And then with, you know, social media, TikToks and all the things and Instagrams, everyone is an expert on what that Mm -hmm. means. Right. Um, but touch upon how real estate and real estate investing can help build generational wealth and what that actually means in that aspect. Generational wealth with real estate is basically built on appreciation. Mm. So if you're a long-term holder of real estate Mm -hmm. and they, you know, if they say, you know, buy, don't wait to buy, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Yes. That is how you build the generational wealth. Mm. So you enjoy the returns, the cash flow that sure. it's providing, but the real generational wealth is in the is in the appreciation mm-hmm. of the long term. And talk if someone's listening, what exactly that means of like if you buy a property, because to your point, it's not foolproof. So we saw what happened in two thousand and eight, where property values went down. We also see what happened in the last couple of years, where property values freaking skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those that was like, this is not going to last. And You've seen it's, it is what it is. So maybe talk about the appreciation aspect for those that are listening. Maybe this is like, they've never heard like, wait, what appreciation? Maybe talk about what that means with property. So what that means is that as the years go on, even though it's not a straight line, straight up, that's important to mention. Sure. Values went up, something happens, they go down a little bit, values go up, they go down a little bit. But at the end of the day, when you start at year one, and let's just say you go to year 10, from one to 10, there's growth. Mm -hmm. And that growth is where the appreciation is. Mm. And so that up and down, if you are not selling a property immediately, you are able to enjoy that appreciation, which is what creates the generational wealth. Sure. And then in between that time, and that's something that I guess to your point, you could sell. And then let's say if you purchase the property, I don't know, 300,000, but then now 10 years later, it's worth shoot, 1.3 million, right? Is that in essence what you're referring to is then what that value is? And yeah, then- I mean, we'll, you know, you'll buy a property for, you know, you'll buy any property. And then it, let's say at the end of 10 years, yeah. it could be worth, you know, 2X what you yeah. paid for it or 3X yeah, what yeah, you yeah. put into it. And it all depends. There's a lot of variables. It's sure. not absolute. Absolutely. But the one thing for sure, the longer you hold it, the appreciation will be there. Mm-hmm. If you bought it right, sure, it will be there. Now, what do you think um, with the market? Because numbers are so high and someone says, how the freak can I invest in something where the starting line is already like five, 700,000, right? So to your point where you were like, they say um, the quote that you use, like, you know, invest, but then um, wait, you know, the, the thing that you just referred to, what about someone listening to this that's like, I can't invest, like 
properties are one point, you know, properties are skyrocket. Like, what do you do in this case when property value is already at such a high number beginning with? Well, there's a difference between investing in a residential home and investing in commercial real estate. That's true. So if you own, if you and I live next to each other and we both bought our house for half a million dollars and you sell yours for a million, now my house is worth a million. For sure. If you sell your house for 300, now my house is worth 300. In commercial real estate, it's all about the returns. Okay, that's a good point. Let's talk about that. So what does that mean? So what that means is money coming in. So you've got your income, you've got your expenses, and you've got your cash flow. What is the return that you are receiving on that cash flow? And so once that return, that's the cash flow return, and that cash flow is then you apply a cap rate to it. And there's a lot of factors. That's way more complex. Sure. And so that cap rate that you apply to it gives you the value of the property. And as the years go by, the income of the property goes up. Mm. And so therefore, even if you were to use the same cap rate in year one and year 10, you're going to have growth because the income has increased. Wow. Okay. So that's, I'm glad even for me of learning something of the differentiation of saying, okay, if it's residential, you're right. Your neighbor, it's all dependent. Residential is emotional. It is. It's what is next door, what's happening here. You're looking at comps that they say you're what's around the neighborhood. And you're buying where you're going to, where you're going to live. So some people will, what they say, overpay or underpay. So it's a whole different beast. But then you can still also invest in, in, in residential. And I guess that's the point with like, with my dad, he never invested in the commercial property. Everything was residential. So he was always playing that game. Like, Ooh, I want to buy a house that's in this neighborhood worth again, a hundred thousand. Yes. So that with the mindset of I'll fix it up, I'll do all the things and then hoping within three to five years, it's now tripled. And then he, he could either keep it and rent it out or um, what do you call it when you sell it quick and you, after you've flip. done flip it, you know? So, but that's a good point that that's the residential side, not necessarily the commercial side or it's, not at all. It, all real estate is a good investment. Mm-hmm. It's just what you want to focus on. There's just more um, commercial is based most on returns and then on the residential, I think you just have to really understand your markets. And then there's there's a different kind of risk. For sure. No, yeah. And I think and I think even more so on the residential side of maybe possibly getting lucky of saying you got that property at XYZ mm-hmm. and then knowing in three, seven, five, whatever that is, that it will increase. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good point that you kind of differentiated there. Okay, so your goal to empower women to invest in real estate. Um, I want you to talk basically to anyone listening to this, what would you say to empower them to do that? I know you said just start, um, maybe just kind of share just something to say, okay, like, like just some like empowering words of like, you got this, like, yeah, like giving them. I I would say start looking for opportunities Mm -hmm. because when you start and surround yourself with other people, that are, have your similar goals. Mm-hmm. So when you're surrounded by other ladies that are saying, oh, we want to invest in real estate and we want to, then you start, things start presenting themselves and you start seeing opportunities. Sure. You start having conversations with other ladies about it. You start learning about what it could be, which gets you closer to doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I would say if I were to, um, tell someone that's never done it before and never looked at it, start looking for other ladies that are doing it. Yeah. And we all started at, many of us started at zero. Yeah. 
And so it's possible. So like using myself and many other ladies as an example, it is possible to invest in real estate and, and, and create wealth for yourself. Yeah. Just put yourself in those situations so that the opportunities can present themselves to you. Find your village, find your, find village your village, of women, find right? your women, vill- your, your women that also like to invest in real estate. You no, know, it's true. And yeah. you know, it's funny. Cause I, I was talking to a midwife on my podcast and we were saying how, um, a lot of times women do have to f- search for that, but we were referring to more of like on the mental health side, like the postpartum resources or women, let's say that did move and they don't literally have like parents to help watch like that village that they're needing. But we did have a discussion how she was saying she had to create her own and whether that was like at her kid's preschool and similar to what you're saying, like finding those like-minded women who that she was like, listen, I don't have family here, but can we, you know, like looking for those women, like, do I trust them? That if I needed to go to work, I can say, can you watch my son? And we did dive into that conversation more because I think that is something to say that if there is something you want to do in life, obviously this aspect was in motherhood to your point, investing in real estate or whatever that is to search for it. And I am a big, um, uh, proponent, I guess you can say, um, of manifesting in that way of saying like what you really put out there, like, be careful. Cause it will come, 100%. it may not come the way you're thinking, but it will. Um, so you either be ready for it cause it is true. Be careful what you wish for. So I love that because I'm sure there's organizations, there's, there's so many things now. And again, just from my own personal experience of things that my husband has looked into on the real estate side of things, that there are resources available that, to your point of getting that education first. There are resources for education. Um, there are workshops and seminars. Um, I have a girlfriend that does an annual Women's Investment Summit. Um, her name's- I, It was like, it got silent. It was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, the first time I went, her, her name is Beth Azor. And the first time I went to her summit, it changed my life. Oh. Um, because that's where like-minded ladies are at. And you probably and learned that maybe you, something you didn't know and all these connections. Learned uh, and other ladies that wanted to invest as well. Yes. I met so many wonderful ladies that when invested is with where is me. This? Oh, guess what? I will send you, it's in March of next, of March coming up. And I will send you the information so you can send with your community. Because yes. if you're not ready, that will make you ready (laughs) or at least give you, give you the, 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 the encouragement that you need to see that it's possible. For sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah. To hear from other women. Like we need that. We need that. It's why these conversations are so important. Now, Natasha, you do a lot. You're a mom still, um, right? You, you own a business, you're, you're, um, you're a wife, but then there's also Natasha. So talk about some things that you do to release things that you do to reset, recharge, to make sure that you can be on your A game when you're looking at contracts to make sure, like, how do you stay in the know of what's going on? Like, talk to me about what you do for you. So what do I do for me? I, you know, that, that's always such a difficult question. Cause you're like, what? Nothing. No, that, but it's not true. Yeah. I, there's a few things. One, I love to, ec- I, I love to exercise. I don't, that's a lie. I don't love to exercise, but I exercise. (laughs) Yes. 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 So, and I believe that that has been a game changer for me. Um, I also invest time in spending time with other ladies Mm. that also, um, believe in, in what I'm doing and are doing what I'm doing. So we will, um, take weekends and go do things like that. I also, um, 
take time off with my husband. I was going to say. We go away on weekends and we, and actually that's something that we did even when the kids were young. And I think um, there's a lot of schools of thought on that. And for us, it was fabulous. And I thought it was fabulous for the kids to see us doing that. Um, so spending time with my husband, we love, I haven't done it a lot lately, but we love to hike and we love to camp and, um, and then now spending time with my boys when they're home (laughs) and that is, uh, just fills my cup incredibly. I love that. And I love how you mentioned going away with your partner. Um, a lot of the discussions in the support groups. And again, a lot of them, we were talked offline. They're new moms, they're moms that they're young moms, um, or even moms like me, where I say like, after having my son, I think no one prepares you for how your relationship changes. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, duh, cause you're like, absolutely. You've now brought this human that you're both caring for loving, but you have very one way of what that looks like. And they have one way. And you can talk about your values, but still, you know, it's, it's a big transformation that happens that I don't think is discussed as often of for the couple aspect. But I love how you said to take time to get away because we've talked about that a lot. And my generation, I didn't see that in my parents. It's so funny because my, mm-hmm. my parents have said, um, they've been together like 40 something years. Um, and they, you know, my mom's like, wow, you know, date nights and we didn't have that. And I'm like, yeah, and you can kind of see, cause they had that like very, like I say, honeymooners relationship, like they've been together so long, but they're like, you know, you can tell that they could have used some, some to my point, right? Yes. Like they love each other, but it's not because they have empty nesters and they're kind of like, well, she does what she does and he does what he does. So I love that you said that, that even before your kids, like when they were younger, that you made time for that, because mm-hmm. I think it's so important for young couples to hear that and to try and even if you have to get a babysitter, it doesn't even have to be if you can't afford a staycation, even if it's just a date night. Absolutely. Just spending time together. It's time. Yes. Yes. It doesn't have to be a getaway. It doesn't have to, you don't have to get on a plane. Just go to the park. Yeah. It's connecting. Connect. It's connecting. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, because then you become like passing ships. And if there's any mom building a business or I don't know, all the things that moms do, because, you know, dads do a lot and my husband is very hands on, but nothing beats a mother. Like I'm still making all the doctors, like moms still just constantly have that roll the the decks of like, who do we have to call next? What's next on the list? So it can be very overwhelming. Um, But even if it's just connecting and I found like when we're not, I'm a little like off when we're centered together, him and I, I feel more like, okay, we're good. You know, like, and I think it's important to like compartmentalize all those things. Right. So what, what did I say? I said, okay, Mm -hmm. so I exercise, that's me. Then I have the business side, which is where I spend time with other ladies. Then I have my family, which is when I, I spend time with my husband. Sure. And then now the new way that we spend time with our boys. So looking at all those different uh, buckets, if you say, or areas, if you say, and make sure that you're filling them in each one. Cause if, you're not going to fill them all at the same time. They're never yes. even, yeah. but make sure that you're paying attention to all of them and nurturing all of them. Oh, that's such a poignant point because yes, I can feel, like I said, when 
it's been a month or two and I'm like, oh, we're not, we're not connecting. And that could be whatever. I mean, we, we say we try to do the date nights as, as often, but we're also in the season and of having that grace, like I'm trying to build a biz, like we're mm-hmm. just in yeah. that season. Um, and he's trying to do things to invest for our thing. So it's a lot of moving parts, but understanding and coming back to center and say, okay, I think we need to kind of recheck in because it's been a bit, as opposed to letting that over time compound, right? Just like anything else, just like with yes. your own health. So thank you for for saying the compartmentalizing aspect for anyone listening. Natasha, is there anything else that you want to share? Anything regarding real estate? Anything regarding um, empowering women to real estate before we kind of part ways here? You shared a lot of information. I will put um, the guide in the show notes. You can even say how maybe people can connect with you. Any last minute words that you want to share? Yes. So um, if you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter, Nat Falcone. Uh, Reach out to me. And if you have any questions about real estate, it'd be my pleasure to help answer anything in regards to commercial real estate. And I would say I would love to hear in the future, once this is this podcast is out there that um, ladies in your community are investing in real estate. However, that is, it looks like for them, but investing in real estate, because it is important that we uh, participate and join that. Let me say it this way. Let's improve those statistics. Let's get more ladies investing in real estate. I love that. I love that. That's great to end on. Thank you so much, Natasha, for coming on, for sharing your um, tips, your knowledge. And yeah, I'm excited to kind of see, you know, who connects with you and how we can further develop this, um, empowering women to kind of grow in whatever aspect that looks like is, is what I'm here to do. So that's awesome. I love it. Thank you for everything you do. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Natasha. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their Motherhood Village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.